launch in three, two, one. Go. This is a dangerous group that we're dealing with now. Introducing the Dog Pound Daily Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Seipt and site expert Stephen Kibitza. This DJ's so funky, man. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Dog Pound Daily Podcast. We are so excited to finally talk about an actual game. Andrew, are you ready to spend an hour talking about the Schoenkaiser? An hour? I think we could go on for two or three if we wanted to. Or perhaps even days. You know, I've been to- I've been tooting his horn for a long time. So it You was- have to... I'm just glad for my sake and my credibility that he performed well because it makes me look good versus all the other <laughs> times I've been wrong. Yeah, I mean, that was obviously against third and fourth teamers, but very exciting, and we're happy to talk about it. It's nice just to have a win to talk about because yeah. we've, I mean, we started the, this podcast in the off season, and our first game, albeit preseason, is a win. Yeah, yeah. You know, for those of you who didn't watch or just, or just now – coming out of the Cleveland Browns uh, football rock. Uh, Browns won 20-14 due to uh, some late-game heroics by none other than Deshaun Kaiser. Um, and star receiver Jordan Payton. Jordan Payton, yeah. And who was the other guy? Mulaney. What's his name? Oh, Richard Mulaney. Richard Mulaney. Did not even think. It, honestly, Former Alabama receiver. Honestly sounds like they pulled someone out of the stadium to just be, a, be the hey, seventh he was players. looking like Odell Beckham out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just quick quarterback stats because that's really the only position that matters at this point. Uh, Osweiler, 6 of 14 for 42 yards, no sacks. Kessler, 5 of 10, 47 yards, one sack. Kaiser, 11 for 18, played the entire second half, 184 yards with one touchdown and took three sacks. Steven, what are your thoughts on, on kind of the, the stat lines from those three quarterbacks? Well, I think the most important one is Brock's because he was a starter going up against a starting defense, although to be fair to him, he had Cam Irving as his left tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you can't really look all all three of these stat lines are you know have a story behind them. You have Osweilers who it's really is you know he hasn't really played a lot with the first team offense at like camp. Two practices, right? Yeah, and then he yeah. goes out there without his starting left tackle, who's one of the best players in NFL history. And Cam Irving's getting bowled over and holding. He's um, so he's going to so, get someone hurt. He's so bad. No, yeah, putting him out there, I think it's a conspiracy to get Brock hurt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but then, moving on from him, Kessler only played a little bit in the second quarter and had even worse protection. Yeah. And But, I mean, him and Brock didn't look good. I was My dad texted me with a classic one emoji, dad text, <laughs> of just a laughing face. I'm like, I, I knew exactly what he was talking about. It's right after just Kessler drops back, it's creamed. I don't know. It's just you look at those two and you there's the apologist side of me and a lot of Browns fans who are, oh, it's just preseason. You know, those stats are irrelevant. But just watching the game, seeing Brock just miss open receivers, Kessler having to lob the ball out of bounds at the end of the first half instead of throwing a Hail Mary. Yeah. You could tell. I mean, he had a couple nice throws. Kessler did with he had a couple thirty yarders, one to Josh Boyce, and then the other was dropped. Yeah, both Osweiler and Kessler didn't get much help from their receivers just even looking at some of the good bad ugly things that i had mentioned some of the good obviously deshaun kaiser you know that deep ball is pretty nice uh uh, some bad things the run game was a little lackluster and i i wouldn't even say maybe the run game i think more of hugh jackson's once again non-commitment to the run you know he, he spoke this big talk of getting all these carries and 
Brock Osweiler led them down to the the seven yard line, and they re- or they passed the ball four straight times. You know, run the ball. Yeah, when you look at the stats of the actual running backs, you had Terrence McGee, Isaiah Crowell, Matthew Days combined for just thirteen carries. Mm-hmm. 13 carries in a preseason game where you've done nothing but tout your running backs. And it makes sense not to run Crowell too much. You don't want to get him banged up. And I get you've got a quarterback competition to solve, so I think that plays into part of it too. You know, you're not going to – why would you go out there and run the ball when you've got to find out what you have in these three quarterbacks? But it's the same old story, though. I mean, the run game, as we've been saying, a lot of people have for months, it opens up the passing game. It does. So how are you going to find out what your quarterbacks have if it's always – second and long third and long yeah and that's what it was well the first three drives were three and outs killer penalties i think cam irving had two on the first a false start and a holding we had a false start and then a hold and then the next drive there was it was actually four plays but one of them was blown or like was redone because of a holding call i believe on sean coleman i mean those were the three uglies that i had i had penalties just too many and a lot of them were drive killers you know those hold the holding is just when you've got second and seven already or third and seven and then you get a holding call, I mean, you're basically – you might as well punt on third down. Uh, Brock's overthrows, I know he hadn't had too much time with the ones, so I think that's there's a little bit but to But that's just there. fundamental. Yeah, that like that throw to Seth DeValve. I mean, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were saying, that was a oh, Njoku would have caught that. Yeah, maybe he would have, but if he, he that's as wide open as Seth DeValve's going to get, I mean, in that type of coverage. I mean, it missed him by inches. Yeah, I mean, but it is a game of inches, so hit that throw. And he dropped one perfectly in the bucket to Kenny Britt. Like, that ball was gorgeous. And he just couldn't drag that last foot. But he, he made some good throws, but there were also a couple times where he, he left me. There's a lot to be desired, I think. I think his first throw to Corey Coleman, he just completely missed yeah. him. I mean, which is a yeah, bad I sign. I think if there if he had a, the chance to take a couple of those throws back, I think we might be singing a different tune. You know, Kaiser went in with against the second and third team, probably third and fourth team, honestly, and, and lit it up. And to that, I just say, good. Because if he didn't play well against those guys, I think there's a lot more concern than the optimism that there is now that he he played pretty well. So I'm just hoping that this quarterback competition gets settled um, with one of them, hopefully Deshaun Kaiser separating himself as this progresses. Yeah, I wanted to bring up a point, which I think is rather interesting. The fact that Cody Kessler came in to camp, you know, Hugh Jackson's like, oh, he's our number one guy. But I don't think he was ever the number one. Like in camp, he's getting all these reps, but then in the game, he barely plays. And isn't it odd that Hugh Jackson would do that? Or do you think it's like something changed in the last week? Because he looks like the third string quarterback right yeah, now. Yeah, and that I think I texted you this earlier that earlier in the week. I just said <laughs> that it was my quote hot take. But I think Kessler's honestly the odd man out in this scenario because for the entire off season, we had. No, nothing but optimism for what Cody Kessler is going to bring to the table. You know, oh, he was under a terrible offensive line. They fixed that. You know, they're going to give him a run game. He's accurate. He doesn't turn the ball over. Well, he can't move the ball forward either. And that that was something that was an issue last year, and it's something that's continuing to be an issue thus far in camp. You know, he he had that job. He had it at the beginning, and he he failed to capitalize on that opportunity. So. I have to go ahead and, and put my trust in the fact that Brock Osweiler or Deshaun Kaiser has got to have a higher ceiling than what Cody Kessler has. Um, on Twitter, at Dog Pound Daily did a poll, um, who do you think should start the next preseason game? And Kessler, although a lot of people are very vocal about him being you know, their guy going into the season, he had the least amount of votes. He hasn't shown anything. Even I would say last night that Cody Kessler might have been the worst quarterback out of both teams, and they didn't even play Drew Brees. 
So if it's between Cody Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser, you know, the higher upside is Deshaun Kaiser. So you got to go with that guy. That guy's Deshaun Kaiser did exactly what I don't think Cody Kessler can do, which is take over a game in the fourth quarter, even if it, if it's against third and fourth string players, take over the game in the fourth quarter and just be able to make throws downfield that can come back and win a game. And, and Deshaun Kaiser did that. Yeah, and to your point, it was against third and fourth stringers, but you texted me this, and I saw it on SportsCenter with Lewis Riddick. People are so quick to jump out and say, oh, well, that like Kessler, people are loyal to wanting Kessler to start and Osweiler to start. They're like, oh, well, Kaiser did that against third and fourth teamers. But if he did bad, people would be crushing him. Like, would you rather see him do bad? It's like, oh, he did really well. Well, it doesn't matter because it's against third and fourth teamers. You go, okay, well, he threw a 50-yard bomb right into the hands of an NFL receiver, which Kessler can't do. Brock mostly can't do. Yeah. If one group in the media is going to go ahead and anoint Mitch Trubisky the next savior, at least give credit where credit is due with Deshaun Kaiser and not belittle it because it's against lesser competition in the first week of the preseason. Yeah, and it's not like he was throwing all short passes and you know missing any deep throws he was throwing touch like 50 yard touchdown passes perfectly in stride and it's still criticism of well it's third and fourth teamers okay well it's not like the receivers were standing there wide open they're like running routes and i don't know there's i i think the browns could go 12 and 4 and people would still be like well those four losses were pretty brutal like okay all right i remember how i felt during those preseason games with josh gordon and i was like wow, you know, this could be a pretty good offense. You know, they were bombing the ball downfield. And then it's just like week one just took the air right out of the whole season. That was a bad game. I think they had three first downs. How do you think the run defense looked? Because I was a little uh, skeptical after the first first couple drives, you know, that who was that? Uh, Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Yeah, it it wasn't good. I mean, when Danny Shelton and everyone up front was getting just blown past, but – it's the first preseason game, and not to sound like I always do like an apologist, but that's going to happen in the preseason. They haven't really played anyone else outside of their own team. Steven, they haven't had a run defense in the last 20 years. You can't keep saying it's But, pre-season. I mean, as the game went on, it got better. I, I agree, but the, so did the, the competition also decreased. And they, they were sitting – imagine if AP and Mark Ingram were playing. All I'm saying is that there's still a lot to be desired in that, that run game. I think that they have so many guys they could slot in. It's like no one's safe. Even a guy like Danny Shelton, if he keeps I – mean, if he plays like garbage, then it's one of those years where they're just – I mean, they, how many linemen do they have in camp right now? I think I think depth is a good thing, and I think you do too. I don't think that's what you were getting No, I just at, mean but. that like – if like we see more games like Danny Shelton playing like that, you're going to see other guys in there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, you get a nice rotation of guys, but you also got to let someone get in a groove. You know, having too many is almost sometimes not a good thing because similar to the quarterback competition, you've got three guys and you're taking away reps from someone who you might want to see that could be the yeah. answer at that position, whether it's quarterback or defensive tackle, wide receiver. You know, at some point you got to start whittling down who your impact players are. And uh, okay. so to answer your question about the run defense, the problem is I'm a big Browns fan and a supporter, but objectively the Browns defense is still really bad. So me seeing the way the run defense played, I guess it wasn't shocking and there was no, you know, like 30 yard runs. Like some games you'll see the Browns get gashed for like 300 yards. You're like, what is this? A middle school defense. But I think because it was just a few quick runs Garrett got in the backfield a few times. It just completely went out of my head. It was, oh, they didn't play that bad. But if Adrian Peterson was in there, 
I mean, but even if yeah. he puts up 150, I'm still going to be like, oh, well, I mean, it's better than 200 yards, you know, because he's so good. I think until the Browns actually have a real run defense, it's tough to judge because anytime they allow less than 100 yards, it's like a win. It went from Jim O'Neill, Jim O'Neill to Ray Horton to, I mean, those were like two of the worst run defenses in history in the last two years. So anything, and obviously with the talent that they've acquired, it should be better, but I'm looking for, we need some steady improvement in there if this defense is going to be anywhere near what they expect it to be. <laughs> some of the notes that I had at least going through the first couple drives. Uh, the first couple drives, the Browns really didn't have any quarterback pressure, which was quite concerning. I know Miles Garrett had a pressure, but I think that dropped uh, that dropped touchdown by Ted Ginn was a big momentum shift there. Oh, total Cleveland loyalist. I liked on the on the game broadcast. Um, they're like, oh, that <laughs> looked like Tank Carter flash in front of Ginn. <laughs> He didn't. The ball hit Ginn in the chest, and then Carter flashed in front of him. And and then Mike Patrick was like, oh, no, he just dropped it. Oh, boy. And they're like, he's a local guy, right? And they're laughing. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Saints kick a field goal. You know, that's thank God it wasn't a touchdown. But And then Peppers caught that fair catch with uh, 10 yards in front of him, which after – that was quite the defensive stop, though. They oh, had yeah. they had a nice stop on first down, and then Orchard and Meter combined for a sack. I, Jamie Meter's a guy that – hopefully he's not the odd man out i mean he's the i think he'll make the the, final roster the hero of 2016 so then again they had another well-defended screen pass and and one thing i can really say about this browns defense even in the the short time that we've seen them on the field in a in one preseason game they're just a much better tackling team than what we've seen in the past oh yeah you know who tackled well last night was body calhoun oh man he was running around like his hair was on fire he was fun to watch they i think it sounds so remedial to be like oh or be like oh they're a bad tackling team or a good tackling team but i mean we've watched the browns so long just some some defenders just dive into people they don't even like yeah. try to tackle them but last night you saw a lot of good wrap-up tackles and there's one play I, I mean i know tank carter tank carter missed that tackle that let kamara get outside but like other than that, I really can't like distinguish what some big missed tackles are. You know, I can count so many times last year in a, a point in a game where you're like, oh, could have had him there, could have had him there, and could have had him there, and then he's still going for 20 yards, you know. And, and last night they just did a really good job of not only tackling, but if they didn't get him on the first try, there were three or four other Browns there to swarm. And, again, that's something that we haven't seen from a Browns defense in a long time. Yeah, it's it's tough to judge, too, because there's no Adrian Peterson or – you know dominant back but yeah i mean it was a good sign we're, we're really not gonna know that's why we have to temper all our excitement and be like oh they tackled well but that's something fundamental though you know i, I understand you're not tackling yeah i guess you either can or you can't yeah. you'll show it no matter when you play you're not tackling adrian peterson but you're still i mean the fundamentals are there tackling the, the, a guy that would easily plow us over so i mean still three and outs i think they, they both combined aside from that field goal for like six three and outs in the first half like that was kind of boring to watch finally Peppers gets the ball, and I thought he was going to take this to the house. He once he he slipped through that second wave. Well, yeah, his good return, he, he go. got tripped up, and he like on a spin move. I was really hoping for it, man. He's he is going to be fun to watch. I think. And I, I mean, I've been I, on the I Peppers was, train since before the draft. I'm a Peppers yeah. loyalist. I was a uh, I was a skeptic, but man, he's he's going to turn me into into a believer quick. That was actually, I think that was the drive that kind of turned everything around. I think that was when Osweiler led them down the field. But again, Brown's not really uh, committing to the run once they get inside the red zone, which 
red zone, it doesn't matter if you get down the red zone. You got to convert, and you can't not just, not only field goals, but you got to get touchdowns. That's what's going to win football games. So that's another uh, at least a storyline that I'll continue to monitor moving forward. Is is how that how the Browns offense continues to operate in the red zone. Yeah, and the problem with the red zone offense, something I noticed is that when the first teamers were out there, there's no there was no go to option in the receiving mm-hmm. game. I mean, they were saying it last night during the broadcast, and I mean we were talking about it off the air. Duke Johnson's the third receiver right now. And he's probably not a bad receiver, but it's also a testament to it sh- I mean, that's not good. No. Like it's it's fine if he's a good receiver. That's yeah. good for him. But when you when you have all these guys in camp and your third receivers are running back. Well, Kenny Britt, I mean, man, he had a he had a string of bad luck in his possessions. You know, he missed the foot, and then I think he dropped a pass and it was like just he had a block a little, in the back. He, yeah, he was just a little off, you know, in that first game. So I'll give him He's a veteran. I, I think he'll turn it around. We have but, to think, you know, too, how long has he played with Osweiler in camp? Honestly, if I were to predict it right now, even after last night's really nice Kaiser showing, I still think Osweiler's the week one starter. Unless he just is horrible the next three preseason yeah. games. Yeah. that I agree. Or Kaiser just blows it out of the water. I mean, that game last night was set up for Deshaun Kaiser to, to show out. Oh, yeah. It was weird because Hugh Jackson said, we're starting Osweiler because we want Kessler and Kaiser to play more. And Osweiler and Kaiser played the most, and Kessler barely played. That's again, man. I think he's the odd man out, and it, I feel bad because he's a hard worker and he he's got the drive to want to be successful, but he's just he not just, as good. He can't. Yeah, even Osweiler, limited. who I mean, the fact he's on the Browns is still baffling to me. But I mean, he he's better than Kessler. You think they would trade him, Kessler? Like, what would what would he garner? Kessler. On the- I mean. They're not going to get anything in return. Yeah. So, I mean, what? then do you cut Kevin Hogan? Can Kevin Hogan go on the practice squad? Yeah, but someone could take him off. I don't know. I. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So, what, if you were to grade the offense, grade the offense, defense, and special teams, you know, just one by one, what are your, what are your grades? Like for the entirety of the game? Yeah. I mean, just based as a whole, you know, obviously, but take into consideration, it is a preseason game. But I mean, just in terms of scheme, play calling, you know, what what did you think? I'd say in special teams, it's always tough to grade, but I think Peppers gave him, you know, about a B. His fair catch was a little. <laughs> I think that bumps it down a little bit. I mean, that's just a timing issue and he's first NFL game. Mm-hmm. I would fair catch every punt that came my way. <laughs> so give them a B. I think offense, I mean, Kaiser really showed out in the second half, but as a whole just an average grade of a C they didn't really I mean the first half was brutal and when the you know when a team wins even preseason it's oh that was great Kaiser's throws Brock didn't look that bad but I mean you have Cam Irving out there getting bowled over still and even though people say oh well Joe Thomas is going to have that left tackle spot or it's either Irving or Coleman at the right tackle and that's definitely a weak spot yeah what's going to happen when Joe Thomas retires You can't have Joe. Like, are they gonna? They're gonna force they him to Rod play Johnson until he's too. like forty. Well, yeah, I was more of more or less making a joke of the fact that like we've kind of taken for granted the fact that we have Joe Thomas oh, yeah. and like he he could be done after this year. You know, you never know with the NFL nowadays. So yeah, and I think the grade of a C two for the offense. Also, the lack of a running game really does stand out. I and mean, it's exciting though. You like you said, it's a quarterback competition. You want to see people passing, but man, is it bad <laughs> when no running back? I mean, you're not really going to get a running back in double digit carries in a preseason game. Yeah, they take enough beating was, as it is. Yeah, so. and then quickly as for the defense, I mean, aside really from the beginning with those few big runs, I'd say it's a. I'm going to give it an, an A, an A grade. Oh, really? Hot take of the week low standards I mean, 
<laughs> exactly. I already told you my view on the defense. <laughs> A pluses all around. 14 points for the Browns. I don't care who it's against. That's not bad. Two forced fumbles. Yeah. And recoveries. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and start with the offense. I'm going to agree with you on the C. I think it's a low C, though, you know, until we, Ooh, we like see Like a C minus. I think, it, I think it is a C minus because it was a it was damn near an F for most of the first half. <laughs> so, uh, again, you, you touched on it. The running game, you're not going to get so many carries out of a running back. But even still, even the short carries that they got, they didn't really get anything that was substantial. You know, it was not, not the kind of running game that we expect out of Isaiah Crowell. And I think it will improve moving forward. But at least for Yeah, the longest run a, of the game was Brock Osweiler's 10-yard scramble. Yeah. And so, at, at least for now, I'll give the the offense a C minus. Special teams, C. You know, maybe a C plus because Peppers had that had a nice run and flashing potential. Um, I think we're giving grades out that are <laughs> it, we're nice swing. teachers. We're the yeah. cool professors. They'll swing from week to week uh, depending on who plays well. And then defense, I'm going to actually go a solid B. I think that was a good. Ooh. A good showing. You know, I, I still think the run defense is a, there's a, some questionable issues there. And but hey, Ben, don't break. Didn't give up too many points. Yeah, not going against Drew Brees doesn't really give us an idea for what the secondary is like. I did like the 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 schemes and some of the pressures that Greg Williams was bringing. I think it's getting a guy like Joe Schobert. I mean, just knifing through the middle. You know, that hopefully that's something that continues. So, and a guy like Trevin Coley. This will actually segue into my previous point my weekly performer of, or my standout player of the game was trevin coley three total tackles one assist and a forced fumble that actually led to some cody kessler or a matt day's touchdown on the cody kessler drive so he's a guy that i mean defensive line is a, a pretty stacked position in terms of how many players are on that roster and he's outshined larry Ogunjobi, caleb brantley pretty much everybody there you know so i think he's a guy that has a real chance to be a starter come week one before I get to my breakout player, I think we should do a little trivia. Ooh, okay. To, you know, break up the monotony of me and you fawning over players who may not make the team. Uh, I don't know. I th- maybe Richard Mullaney. Well, my player is probably not yeah. going to make the team. That's why I say that. <laughs> Mine might. Mine might. <laughs> but I have a little trivia for you. Lay it on me. This is, it might be an easy one, but which high school in Ohio did Deshaun Kaiser attend? Oh, shoot. Uh... Was it a Catholic school? It was a Catholic school. I don't remember the actual name, but I do know it's Catholic school. So I don't know. It's pretty. It's a pretty basic name. St. Joe's? No, he's not from Cleveland. I don't know. He went oh, to Toledo. Uh, I don't know. Toledo Catholic High School? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, give me the answer. Toledo Central Catholic. Oh, gotcha. Well, now I'll never forget that. It's just Toledo Catholic. Now you know. You don't have to keep begging me on. If I don't know, just go ahead and... Well, it was only one more word. Toledo (laughs) Middle Catholic? Ooh. Uh, All right, Stephen, you're probably going to know this. Where was the Browns' first training camp held? Was it Bowling Green, Ohio? It was. I I try to get you on the trick questions and make you overthink. No, that's why on um, me, I mean, me and you both went to Bowling Green for people who don't know. And that's a bit, that's why they have those colors. Brown yeah. and orange or Bowling Green. And honestly, Bowling Green's uniforms are way cooler than the Browns because the well, Browns' That's because they have you know Nike are, college uniforms now. It's yeah. just crazy. I'm not a big hater of the Browns' uniforms. I, I just... Maybe... They're so ugly. I just never get mad at uniforms. I, I just don't... Re- not to sound like, <laughs> I'm above such a conversation. It's just I don't think they're that bad. Look, Cavs' uniforms are ugly too now. So They look like Hawks' uniforms. I know. It's, it's dumb. 
But anyway, Browns uniforms are terrible. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> Is that the hill you're willing to die on? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and ask my second question uh, as a, a kind of a double up. Who was the Browns' first coach coming back in 1999? I think I think I asked you this, or you asked me this on an old podcast. A different one. No, you asked me this, and I got it wrong. No, you. It was the fir- who was the coach of the playoff-led team? Oh. So. So first coach when they came back? First coach was Chris Palmer, right? You are correct, sir. All right. And I will give you a second trivia question that a lot of fans older than us will know, but people younger listeners may not know this. Who was the final coach of the Browns before they moved? Bill Belichick. Of course. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you knew because <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. a lot of a lot of people our age don't know that he was the Browns coach for a while. Or Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator. There was a documentary on the old Browns like right before they moved and it was like there's so many famous names that were on the Browns coaching staff. Yeah, and that staff. coaching staff. Yeah, Mike Lombardi. Was and there. I mean Belichick got rid of Kosar, very popular move. <laughs> oh, and Kosar punched him out in the tunnel. That was when Bill Belichick, it's like in Star Wars before the Emperor had his lightning come back on himself. Yeah. Him cutting Kosar was like that first moment yep. where he did starts he to him? turn did to the dark Kosar side. Did Kosar cut or did he trade? People, people know. We just don't know. You uh, know Kosar has a Super Bowl ring, right? Yeah. Or they cut Bernie Kosar. Oh, interesting. Anyway, do you have a third question? Or I, I have a third question for you. Yeah, give, give me a difficult one. Something I'm not going to know even though I'm on Google right now. Who was the first player selected by the Browns in the expansion draft? Was it Jeff Fain? No, it was someone with a, with a J in their first name. It was Jim Pine. Who, who was it? I didn't hear you because I was talking too loud. Yeah, Jim Pine. Oh, was Jeff Fain selected? Because I think Jeff Fain is on one of my little Burger King footballs. No, he was 2003. What am I, that's when those football those footballs were 1999. Yeah, I had a gym, or a, a, I had that same football that, that you're talking about. So that's uh, that's what I <laughs> my I ha- deflated Burger King football. Yep. That and I have the Tim Couch bobblehead from, uh, or I used to Tim Couch bobblehead. Ooh, me too. Were you standing in the stadium? Yeah. I don't know where it's at though. I have that. I got mine at the St. Mary's Church Festival. Interesting. I think I got mine at McDonald's. I probably got <laughs> mine there too, honestly. So I googled Jeff Fain, and there's just a picture of him standing at a bar. I think he's a bar owner. Interesting. Do you, oh, is that going <laughs> to... Trivia question, yeah. where bar does Jeff Fain own? <laughs> what color shirt is he wearing in this picture? Uh, I don't Not know. even the answer to the trivia question. <laughs> Jeff Fain. Is this, is, does a Jeff wow. Fain uh, restaurant segue into your weekly performer? Is he an offensive lineman, perhaps? It is not. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> That'd be such a reach. No, my weekly performer, because I don't have a cool enough trivia question for you, you know what? I lied. Let me just give you a fun one. All right. Here we go. See, this is kind of why I wanted to get this out of the way pre-show, so that way we didn't have to Google questions on the air. But No, I have. I had questions. <laughs> They're not But I realized they were enough. too easy. Yeah. They're not strong enough. No, I always have, I'm like, he won't know this. And then it's just like, who's the Browns punter? Curses, you know. Is it Chris Kardaki? No. All right. I'm trying to find, like, I like... This is really Ooh. good content right now that we're, we're putting out there. <laughs> in what round was long snapper Ryan Pontbriand drafted? Seventh. Fifth. Fifth. <laughs> Fifth round. Yep. That is, and you know who else was drafted in that 2003 draft? Jeff Fain. Jeff. <laughs> is that how you found the rabbit hole on Wikipedia? <laughs> 
They drafted Jeff Fain, a center, with their first pick, and then they drafted a long snapper with their fifth round pick. That's the kind of that's the kind of commitment to the line you just don't have anymore. Hey man, when we Isn't that when they cut when they cut Paprian for Christian Young, Pat Shermer was like he was vilified when that happened. Isn't that crazy? It's like so many people had long snapper jerseys. Well, Paprian got the yips. Remember? Yeah. We were at those games that year, and he was just bouncing snaps. Yeah, that was bad. He's a good dude, though. But that is a good segue into my performer. It was not a long snapper. Left tackle Cam Irving. It was Richard Mullaney. Richard! (laughs) No, Richard Mullaney, team's leading receiver, thanks to that catch from Deshaun Kaiser, that was very close to being a touchdown, but ultimately punched in by Matthew Days. But, I mean, at this point with the Browns receiving core being so up in the air, I mean, Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt are setting their jobs, and Ricardo Lewis is likely in there. But, I mean, if you come out and have a giant camp, they're going to keep you on the roster. And that performance from Mulaney, former Alabama receiver, will help him maybe next game get to play with some better, um, you know, better players around him, go against better defensive backs and see how he does. I mean, at this point, it's like when Isaiah Crowell burst out as a running back a few years ago in, mm-hmm. uh, in the preseason. You're looking for any help you can get, and if it comes down to guys like Jordan Payton and Rashard Higgins who were drafted, if they're doing bad, compared to someone like Mulaney who they just brought in who's doing better, I think it, it, there's no prestige at this point. It's going to go to whoever's playing the best. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can see that. And Richard Mulaney is not is a name to keep an eye on. I like his name. It's fun to say. It's Irish. Is that Irish, do you think? Nobody had 70 yards on two catches. <laughs> Big play Richard Mullaney. Is his, is that is that an Irish name? Mullaney? Ask him. I believe so. If we get our Richard Richard Mullaney Dog Pound Daily exclusive. We could probably ask him. <laughs> when you do a breakout players in a preseason, it should never always be the starters. It should be guys who, I mean, when you say breakout, like guys who may make the roster. I guess you don't want it to be like, Corey coleman every game because then it gets to the regular season and then they just double team them and then uh, I, I don't know the browns are in a unique position on the waiver wire so when it comes time for the uh, rosters to be trimmed down from i believe it's 90 to 75 or is it nine straight 90 to 50 now 53 okay so i mean i think the browns are in a good spot to pick up a receiver and i think there's a good chance that might happen just to even i, I mean you never know with injuries and performing i mean even today sammy watkins got traded from the bills maybe there's guys yeah, that are ready to be traded anyway i don't think sammy watkins is a lot of he's people may stink about the browns trading out of that spot but i mean the dude has never been healthy jordan matthews never really lived up to the potential that he had in philadelphia so uh, the rest the receiving position is important but i think the browns if they if they wait patiently you know they might be in a good spot to take one of the elite guys next year or or pick up a good uh a good veteran name that happens to be cut come uh, come cut season. This is when grumpy me goes, could have had OBJ, and then just sips whiskey in the middle of the afternoon. Could have, yeah. Or Mike Evans. Or Julio Jones. Any of them, really. But um, just kind of want to put a plug in here for our uh, CBS pick and pull. It's a little bit late in the in the podcast, but I think it's a pretty cool idea. So what we want is is the fans like you guys to to participate with us in a, a an NFL pick 'em challenge. The rules are just straight up pick 'em. You know, uh, it's going to go by whoever picks the most picks you know, is going to, is going to lead and be the winner. Um, we haven't decided on what the winner gets aside from bragging rights. Probably nothing, probably nothing. You know, I don't think our, <laughs> our budget, 
I, I don't think our budget allows for uh, prizes to be given out, but you know, it's a good way to for us to interact with you guys. And and we're gonna write a weekly article. Or I'm gonna write a weekly article uh, about the current standings and where everyone stands. Biggest movers, biggest fallers. You know, and just kind of cracking jokes at, at some of the picks that were made during that week, all in good fun. So, well, it's going to be all like the Browns are going to be picked to win every game. Oh, exactly. So, I tweeted out the link. I know um, we're probably going to retweet it on the Dog Pound Daily Twitter. So, go ahead and, and click on that URL and sign in and, and join our league. And hopefully, we can uh, have some fun in a, in a pick 'em league. I've never done one before, so I'm excited. You've never done a pick 'em league? No, I always try, but then I always forget because it's just me. Like picking against random oh, people. Oh, so it's not I don't really know. a pick 'em league. It's just you sitting down with the newspaper, like ah. Yes. Well, that and like if I do it online, you know, there's I'm doing it with random people. I have no yeah no reason to check. Like I don't care with a bunch of people. Fair that... enough. I take back my criticism. Okay, well, I guess I don't have to explain myself anymore. <laughs> I was ready. I had a whole list of things ready. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to to my neighbor at home, Jameson, who should still be listening because he's one of the few who listens to the end. We'll know. We'll know if he's listening, if he if he shoots you a text or lets you know that, uh, like, gives you a thank you for the shout-out. On Twitter, so. perhaps a thank you card, perhaps an Amazon gift card. <laughs> I, I gave a shout-out to my uncle. I'll give a shout-out to my uncle again and see if he's still a loyal listener. I haven't heard from him recently, so that, that'll be my <laughs> shout-out for the week. If you're listening, please call. <laughs> I, I like listener shout-outs. I feel, I feel like Ryan Seacrest. It's fun when people actually listen. Like even talking with Jameson at your at your birthday party, it was. It was not like, my birthday party. It was too. Stephen had a birthday <laughs> uh, about ten days ago, nine, twelve days ago. So should we should we sing you happy birthday? Can I sing you happy birthday on the? Please end? don't. It'll be okay. out of tune. It will be very out of tune. I'll I'll go back and edit it on the auto tune. <laughs> like, is this Kanye West singing happy birthday? Yeah. With that being said, you know, I think we, we should probably close the show with uh, one interesting storyline from around the NFL. Steven, I'll let you uh, lead it off. Well, for anyone who knows, I am a Mitch Trubisky super fan. Uh, my story is how well he played in the Bears preseason opener. Obviously, it was against or it was in the second half, you know, against the backups. But he nearly led a game tying touchdown drive, had a touchdown pass and came in after Marky Mark came in first and played classic Marky Mark style. (laughs) The Sanchez is just there to collect a paycheck and party. That's what I'd be doing at that point in my life too. Oh no, that's what he's doing. I talked to one of my confidants that said, uh, he was talking to Mitch and said that Mark Sanchez is exactly like that. Like that's all he, well, he's at the end of his career. He's already made a bunch of money. He's just probably trying to hang. He's in a big city. Yeah, He's Alex Moran, dude. That's the life. Mark Sanchez is living the life. But before he came in, Glennon threw a pick six on the first drive. <laughs> I, I was on Twitter and it's like, Glennon pick six. I was like, yes, yes. Everything's going according to plan. And then he fumbled a snap. And then Mitch comes in, threw a touchdown pass to Victor Cruz. How crazy is that? Yeah. Can you imagine being a rookie throwing a touchdown pass to Victor Cruz? It had to be surreal because you, I mean, Victor Cruz was relevant like four or five years ago. It was funny. LeBron quoted the tweet and said, yeah, Victor Cruz, get it. And I'm like, and Mitch, go Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's my story, how well he played. Like we were saying earlier with Kaiser, a lot of people aren't ready to jump on the Kaiser train yet. But I think one more bad game from Glennon and it's going to be signs that say, please play Mitch. Yeah, all hell is going to break loose. And the Browns Browns are playing the Bears at the end of the preseason. You can see a lot of Mitch. It'll be a good. It'll be a, a clash of the rookies. I hope they declare him the starter right afterward. Yeah. What is your NFL story? 
I'm going to go with the obvious, and that's uh, Zeke getting suspended for six games. I've not been an Ezekiel Elliott fan. Even when he came out of college, I I thought some of the things that he did... One, I don't like the Dallas Cowboys, so that kind of didn't sit well with me anyway. I wanted the Browns to take him at eight, but... Good thing they didn't. I was going to say, it's almost turning out to be a good thing that they didn't, or that he didn't last that far, because he he has had a string of incidents that have been less than stellar, even by Dallas Cowboys standards, so... The NFL suspended him six games, and I'm sure he'll appeal it and get it cut down to four games, or maybe they'll uphold it with the six. But I think it's it, the NFL really has a chance to send a message to some of these troublemakers that, yeah, he's he's not convicted of anything, but you know, just just because you're not convicted doesn't mean you can't get fired from your job or suspended. You know, that's yeah, that's, that's with any job too, goes. exactly. So it's going to be an interesting story to watch. But you know, I'm happy that the NFL did actually took a stand and uh, suspended one of their premier players. I think for every week when we do our interesting story i'm gonna have to have mine be a positive thing and we'll have you on suspension watch <laughs> what's your interesting story josh gordon still suspended like, are you okay <laughs> but i want to ask you a final question before we end it here All just right. really quick ask me a question then i'm going to go over what we're going to cover next week and then i want a prediction on the record another okay who's starting week one at quarterback hmm. i'm holding you to this I don't know. I said Osweiler earlier in the episode. I don't know. I just think it's tough. I think it's really tough for the Browns to go ahead and throw. Like, I think he would get killed, Kaiser would. If, if well, who do you think, regardless of logic, is going to be the starter? I think Osweiler's going to start week one. I think Kaiser. You do? I mean, I hope it's Kaiser. I hope that means he separated himself. But I just think throwing Deshaun Kaiser to the Wolves like that in week one against Pittsburgh is kind of a tall task. So. Oh, I don't think it's a good thing. I'm just saying I think he will <laughs> will yeah. be out there. You know, let's see. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. The next episode will be an opponent breakdown of, uh, was it the, the New York Giants on Monday Night Football? Right? New York Football Giants. The New York Football Giants. So we're going to go over keys to the game, scouting report, what some of the additions, maybe what's different about this Giants team compared to last year, because I know we did see them in the regular season. We'll go over, you know, some of the developments that we've seen throughout the week, injury reports, and uh, we'll get you you prepped up and ready to go for the next preseason game. And that's a Monday night football game. Yeah, only only primetime game the Browns will have this year. So, Well, they have a 930 game in London. Does that count? No. It's like anti-prime time. Yeah. So with that being said, I will sign off personally. I'll let you finish with a closing thought. But thanks for listening and have a wonderful evening. Yeah, my sign off is subscribe to us on iTunes. Yeah. It's the best way to get all your dog pound daily needs delivered right to your iPhone. Yeah. Sinks right up to it. I get the little notification. It takes two seconds. I mean, it's if you're listening to the show, it's the most convenient way to get it. If you go on my Twitter, at least I'm not sure if you have this on yours. Mine's pinned to the top of my Twitter. So if you guys... Go at Andrew underscore Sype. You guys can go look, get that quick link on iTunes, and you'll be able to get subscribed right away. Oh, my pinned tweet is when I interviewed Chad Johnson, and I'm never changing that. That's pretty cool, yeah. But that's a story for another time. Uh, yeah, we'll be signing off. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and be sure to look out for another episode coming up soon about the next preseason game.